0: I don't have the greatest child mem- like child, uh, recollection, but I would imagine my first memories were definitely something on lines of mom and dad can't pay a bill, or we've lost the car. I remember my mom losing her job. My name is Selena, uh, I'm 31, and I live in Toronto, Ontario, Canada.
1: Hey, this is the Well Simple Magazine podcast. I'm Devin Friedman. So today's show is kind of about becoming a financial grown-up. In a more boring way, it's sort of an instruction manual about how to make a financial plan. The idea is to present a plan that works for everyone, but instead of just explaining it, we found a guinea pig to take us through the process. In the first part of the episode, we'll meet this person, her name's Selena, and get to know her real messy human money problems. And then in the second half of the episode, we'll put her together with a financial coach, and together they'll come up with a plan But first, I'm going to introduce my colleague, Lizzie O'Leary. Hi, Devin. Hello. Do you want to introduce yourself?
2: Yeah, well, you said my name. Um, I'm Lizzie O'Leary, and I write a column for Wealth Simple Magazine about money. And it's a little bit the personal finance side, what to do with it. But mostly, it's about how we deal with money as complicated and emotional human beings.
1: That is an intriguing column. What do you call it?
2: It's called Ask Lizzie.
1: So tell me, how did you find this person? How did you find Selena?
2: A few weeks ago, we put out a call. Essentially, email us and tell us your money problem. You know, your husband stole all your money and moved to the Cayman Islands, or more prosaic, you can't stop buying things on credit cards.
1: So presumably, a bunch of people wrote in. Why did you pick this particular person? Why Selena?
2: We picked Selena for two reasons. First, she had a problem that I think is pretty common. A lot of people have it. She didn't know where to start to make a financial plan. And then second, as you'll hear, Selena is very good at understanding and explaining the kind of psychological and life reasons behind where she finds herself financially.
0: I grew up in a tiny village, just northeastern Ontario. So really smack dab in the middle of nowhere from any sort of major city. And uh, my immediate family, um, we had a tough time with not only money, but a little bit of emotional turmoil in that my father was an alcoholic and it took a long time for my mom to work up the, you know, (laughs) not only strength, but the financial means to leave him. And then once my mom had the confidence and, you know, thankfully the money now to leave my father. What she did was take the debt of the marriage with her because she knew, mm. you know, you can't get blood from a stone. And she just took it, moved in with her mother, who is five houses down the street, <laughs> hilariously enough, and uh, slowly paid it off while living back with her mom at the age of 40 or whatever it was. How old were you? I was 16 when my parents split up and I was started working as soon as I possibly could, which is... i guess 15 16 uh, a job i had a job at burger king in the town just over i was there for less than a year before i ended up being a shift supervisor and i was a shift supervisor there at burger king for really all the way through high school there are parts of that have really benefited me i've went really far really fast in my career because of that because i never you know everything was i was used to everything being on my shoulders, and something I had to figure out. So I figured everything out as fast as I could. <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely big parts of me now that I wish weren't that way, um, because I don't, I don't handle when things aren't going well. <laughs> when things aren't going well, I completely hit a ceiling fan, and it's really? chaos. Yes. And Selena built a
2: life and a career in Toronto.
0: I um run an agency with my creative director partner, we've been doing it for th- going on four years. And I'm technically hold the title of design director there. So uh, are we really do a huge gamut of things. So everything from branding to websites to content creation. So um, that's kind of my, <laughs> my life. But really, when we break it down, it's, you know, I'm a creative freelance professional. Pretty simply. She's a small town girl who made it out. Sometimes I don't understand how or what or why, (laughs) but I did. I think, to be honest, I sometimes think I can credit the internet, (laughs) which is maybe a strange and crazy thing to say because the internet is awful too. Um, But I spent a lot of time as a teenager scouring the internet and like finding worlds that I didn't know were out there. On the one hand, Selena's story is pretty
2: incredible. This little girl, who sort of had to be her own parent, start supporting her family at an incredibly young age, found her way to the creative career that she wanted. And she's successful at it. As you'll hear, she makes good money. But on the other hand, Selena's story is that of someone who is completely overwhelmed, intimidated, and feels like she's fallen behind. She couldn't pay her tax bill in 2020. Now she's behind on the next year's taxes as well and the way she's going, she
0: feels like she might never catch up. In terms of what I make, it really fluctuates. So for example, in 2019, I made, I'm gonna say 65 to 70K. I'm sorry, I don't know that exact number. And then in 2020, you know, we started really slow, like everyone did, and really scary like everyone did and then landed a big client. So 2020, I actually had a great year and I ended up at, oh, I'm gonna say 110. But the problem with that is that there was so little money for so long that there was never any tax money saved. And now I'm gonna have a huge tax bill for 2020 and uh, gotta figure out how to pay that. How do you feel about knowing that? Terrified. Feeling like I don't know how to catch up. It's this awful like cat and mouse domino game of, you know, oh, I've had a great year. Great. But I'm still paying off the year before. So that great year money is actually paying my last year's tax bill. And now I'm going to pay this year's tax bill. But I've been spending all of that overage, you know, knocking off last year. So stuck in this cycle. You know, a lot of people aren't honest with themselves
2: about money, but I don't think that's your problem. You seem maybe maybe not too honest. I don't know if that's possible with your own self, but, but like you are talking yourself
0: out of things. Yeah, too hard on myself is definitely a quality. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I have always been... Incredibly critical of myself. Growing up, there was a ton of just unrest in a myriad of ways in my household, and I was the peacekeeper in the family, uh, and I was the one that felt like I held the responsibility of holding it all together. It sounds to me like you had to be a grown up pretty early on. Yes, accurate. That is <laughs> the, the statement I have heard the most in my life. I do understand that it is a little bit of that part of figuring it out. Um, How could I possibly expect myself to know what to do when I have not been taught what to do? I talked to Selena a few times. I got a feel
2: for her and her situation. And really, the thing she wanted more than anything else was a path. A way to stop feeling stuck and stop worrying all the time about whether she was
0: doing the right thing with her money.
2: I think what he was looking for was control.
0: That doesn't mean that I have to have loads of money in all of these places all the time. It just means that I understand my path forward <laughs> to that being my future. Even just having the confidence of understanding that, you know, this is your first step, Selena, and I understand that that is the correct first step now. <laughs> it sounds like hearing you say that, that what you want is
2: a roadmap. So you don't feel like you're kind of accidentally in that place.
0: Definitely. I definitely feel I'm stuck in that phase of feeling like I need a plan um, and then doing so much reacting because I don't. It would, is that a goal you have to try to break that? I would say it's one of my biggest goals because right now I feel like everything I you know put away is actually just going to a tax bill that's coming. Um, so there's money and i'm so grateful for that um what i'm having a hard time seeing through is will there ever be money that's not tax money (laughs) have you ever tried to make a financial plan i don't think a real one um so
2: you budget mostly in your head
0: yes everything's in my
2: head (laughs) yes all the time (laughs) because selena is such a visual thinker i asked her to picture what this plan was for what setting these goals could actually help her achieve.
0: I would really love some sort of house in the trees. (laughs) Nothing grand, but that pull back to nature is something that I feel in a really real way. Started before the pandemic, but you know, I grew up surrounded by trees in a really idyllic way. And uh, I really miss that now. Then there's also the fact that I am going to be 32 in August, and have no retirement plan. And that's
2: kind of where we left it. I asked Selena to send me all her financial information, which is something that, by the way, takes guts and vulnerability. And then a few weeks later, we talked again.
0: I'm good. Busy, but good. <laughs> How is everybody? Good. Um, This is Zoe.
3: Hi, Zoe. Hi, Selena. I'm so happy to meet you.
0: You too. I'm, I'm so intrigued to hear what's going to happen next. Cool. <laughs>
2: We shared Selena's financial details with Zoe Wolpert. Zoe is a wealth advisor at Simple, which is the sponsor of this podcast, by the way. Zoe's job is basically to help people figure out their money situations, suss out their priorities, make financial plans. So Zoe looked at Selena's situation. Income, debts, taxes, every bit of financial information that she could. And she listened to the conversations that I had with Selena. And then we all met. Well, we Zoomed. And when we spoke, Zoe started with setting some high-level goals.
3: I think the biggest thing is you need to figure out what do you want to achieve. And so those can be both short-term, mid-term, or long-term
2: goals. In terms of the broad strokes, Zoe did two things that are really cool. She laid out some goals and then a few principles for you to stick to before we get into the nitty-gritty. Walk me through it, Zoe.
3: I want you to think about money as just another tool for creating that life that you want. Starting to move away from the idea that money is something that you're never going to master, it's totally masterable. And you have, you've already displayed that you have the skills to master it. Right?
0: Yeah. And I definitely feel way more inspired.
3: Yes, totally. And then the other thing I want to kind of have as a principle in your plan is that if you see progress, it will help you stay on track it is going to require you to do some hard work sometimes, right? And you Mm -hmm. might have to readjust some things along the way, but seeing the progress will hopefully
0: keep you going (laughs) through that. Yeah, definitely.
2: In terms of mapping this out, Selena, Zoe used something called the waterfall method. And before we get into your specifics, Zoe, I'd like you to explain what that is. Totally.
3: So it's like a six-step process so the, the classic waterfall method starts with paying down high interest debt, then building an emergency fund, taking advantage of employer matched accounts, investing in tax sheltered accounts, paying down low interest debt, and then more saving. So it's this kind of six step process. And we know for you that the first step might not be paying down the high interest debt because we really want to get the cash flow in a in a situation so that you can do that even faster so this is a starting point it's a tool and it's about taking those templates and then customizing them for yourself or you know in this case i'm doing it for for you
2: specifically i want to stop here for a second because this is the heart of the episode this concept of the waterfall works no matter what your financial situation is whether you're struggling whether you got a lot of money so I want to repeat the six steps, and you're supposed to finish one before you start the next one. Here they are. Number one, pay down high-interest debt, like credit cards. Number two, build an emergency fund. That's money you can use if something unexpected happens so that if you, for example, lose your job, you don't have to take on high-interest debt and go back to step one. Step three, if your employer kicks in to any savings plans, Take advantage of those. They're free money. Number four, invest in tax-advantaged accounts, like retirement accounts. Number five, you pay down your low interest debt. And then number six, if you've got all the rest covered, you can save some more. In Selena's case, Zoe is going to mess with the classic waterfall a bit, just to customize it.
3: Okay, so in Selena's custom waterfall, (laughs) we're actually right away... Gonna get something small set up for those long-term, exciting goals. We all need to feel like we're going to be, we're moving forward. Um, so what I suggest is we set up an RSP for you. So an RSP is a, it's our RSP is a registered retirement savings plan, and it's basically like a type of account where the government says, hey, if you're saving for retirement, we're actually going to give you a tax break on this money if you put it in there and you can invest it, which means it's gonna compound. Compounding is magical. It's your money mm-hmm. making money, right? And time is like the key to compounding. So you're, yes. you're young, you have lots of time, even a little bit will go a long way. And you know, w- what I suggest is like, we, we put in even a small amount every week, like it might be $10 a week that you put in there. Mm-hmm. But the amount is actually not the most important thing for that account right now. It's the habit that you build.
0: I felt like I wanted to try that. I wanted to start. But again, it felt like, well, is that, you know, for example, $10 a week, really not what I should be doing right now because I have much bigger fish to fry. <laughs> so it's great to hear that I can start. Yeah, why
2: do that instead of going after the tax debt right off the, right off the bat? So the
3: tax debt is definitely going to be the focus but we're going to put something small away to establish that habit, to establish that mindset, that you will make it to a place where actually your only goal will be filling up the RSP every year.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that that makes sense to me.
3: But there's another reason that I chose the RSP to start with, and that's because it actually along the way will help us tackle all three of your goals. So Mm. what happens is when you contribute to an RSP, it reduces your taxable income. Right? So, so let's say you make a hundred thousand dollars this year, you put just for argument's sake, $10,000 into an RSP, you'll actually only be taxed if, as if you made 90. I see. Yep. You could also pull money out of there to buy your first home. So when you want to go and buy that house in the, in the woods. That money mm-hmm. can be the next egg. And then of course it's like the main purpose of a RSP is retirement savings. So you've you've got that goal in there too.
0: Amazing. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Step
3: two is gonna be establishing that sustainable cash flow. Because right now, I'll check in with you on this, but it doesn't feel sustainable necessarily because you've got last year's taxes to pay and it is gonna be a little bit of hard work. But I think mm-hmm. that the long-term prosperity that you'll get from establishing this is worth more than anything that you could buy yourself in the short term.
0: Yeah, and I'm a, I really am, I mean, shocker, of course, considering where I'm at. I'm okay with hard work yes. <laughs> as long as I understand what's happening.
2: Zoe, you have used the phrase sustainable cash flow system. And I know what you mean, but I feel like some people might be like, what? Like, what? What is that? So, um, yeah, what's a sustainable cash flow system in English? Cool. So
3: cash flow is just like the money coming in and then going out of your wallet, basically, right? And so for freelancers, we really want to set up a system that makes sense and that you can keep going with over long periods of time. So you're not getting stuck in this loop where it's always about kind of paying last year's taxes or there's something else that came up. And it's tricky because that's not you as, as a person, like you're you're not somebody who stays in that kind of a loop, right? So (laughs) we're finding a, we're finding a way to move past. Yeah.
0: And I kind of can't, to your point like, I can't live in that loop knowing I'm in the loop. I cannot sleep at night knowing that what you are doing is not going to work. There's a little voice.
3: (laughs) Totally. So, so right now, um, can you just tell me a little bit about like when, when you get, when you invoice a client and they they pay you, what's going on with that money? Like, are you putting away what you expect to pay in taxes? How
0: does that work? I often work on bigger jobs. Um, and then just by way of the industry and the stars aligning, what usually happens is a bunch get billed at once and for, like right now I'm in a point where I haven't written an invoice in a month and a half. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't have money, I have money, but um, because there are complete stretches of months where I don't either write an invoice or receive money. So what happens when it comes in is there is, to be honest, there's no me putting it anywhere for tax. It's not, I have a tax bank account. What happens is I do what I need to do first. So I want to, I guess,
3: flip your thinking a little bit. What I suggest we do is every time you get an invoice, you put aside that tax money into a specific account right away because it isn't necessarily your money, right? And you are going
0: to owe it soon. And would you recommend... Because there's, of course, the 13, 14% HST and then my income tax, which could be could vary, right? Yeah. Yes. So is there a kind of magic percent?
3: Yes. So so what based on your income um, and based on. So, yes, you'll have a I would say do a separate account for the HST. You know how much that one is. And then I would say take 30%. Assume that that will be your income tax your average income tax, and put that into another account that is just for taxes. Everything after that, pay your debt minimums. Everything after that is what you live on.
0: Yeah, okay. I saw you roll your eyes like, oh my god. I, I, the 30% is like, I know it's 30%. <laughs> I know enough to know that it's going to be around 30%. It's terrifying to imagine 30% of my income is just gone. But, yeah. (laughs) But, but it's, so if,
3: if you were employed by Mm -hmm. another company, that would already be taken off.
0: So I guess the second layer of it then is I am putting my 30% away and then the paying off of the tax debt is just something I'm going to have to do slower than I had hoped. (laughs) Is that
3: so I would you're going to be kind of doing them at the same time. Right. As much as possible. And so, yes, there will be it's not going to be necessarily easy. This phase, the more dedicated you are to it and the quicker you can get it done and minimize your other expenses so that you can put money towards those the quicker you can move past this phase into the other phases (laughs) and and keep going on your plan, right? So now you probably understand why through where I kind of gave you something exciting at the beginning, (laughs) because (laughs) this part is not going to be fun. But you will get there.
0: Yeah. Do you feel deflated? Mm, No, no. um, I don't feel deflated. I guess I feel... Um, impatient. (laughs) I guess that's the best word to put it.
2: One thing that is tough about money is that we can get kind of lost in it. It can be intimidating and feel like it has a life of its own, and then we just kind of do what it says. And this was definitely true for Selena. And what was so interesting here was watching Selena begin to see her life from a different perspective, to feel like she could see that path
0: forward and gain control. I'm not a huge frivolous spender person in that, like, you know, I mean, especially the last couple of years, it's not a whole lot of retail, like that kind of stuff happening. Um, But I do, uh, like, I know I spend more than most on things like the, you know, convenience of food or even just like naturopath, RMT, (laughs) psychotherapy. So many things that I know are great for me, but... I do spend more than some people would. And there are parts of me that are under like, do I just, as you mentioned, take a year and I just have to scale back? But it's hard for me to gauge how much of that is really the problem or not.
3: So maybe a different way to look at it, I'll suggest to you, and you tell me if this resonates, is what you're doing right now, what you'll be spending money on, putting money away for your taxes, paying off other taxes, is actually a huge part of that wellness and (laughs) well-being aspect It is right and it is going to do so much more for how you feel and your future and your lifestyle than one appointment with a naturopath sorry naturopath i love my naturopath too but you know (laughs) like i I really think that this is like a lasting a long and lasting problem to tackle for
0: yourself since we last talked, Lizzie, uh, there's been a lot of me thinking about what I could do for, you know, as you just mentioned, Zoe, a year and a bit. (laughs) How, like, the things that I could do, how I could change things so that I just take a year to really get ahead. I've even, I've considered even, you know, moving back home for that year to live with, you know, possibly my sister, when I think about it, it could really change the course of things if I could really take that time to, you know, instead of spending or $1,700 on rent, <laughs> give my sister $400 a month and run things much cheaper than living in the city. So that's a great example of
3: how can I rip off this band-aid as fast as possible, <laughs> right? So the, all of those little things, if you want to and are willing to do them, will totally help.
2: All right. Let's talk about the debt.
3: Okay. (laughs) Perfect. So, so the the next thing after creating this sustainable cash flow system is get that high interest debt off the table and you actually don't have a ton. So high interest debt is five when the interest rate is 5% or higher. Okay. Okay. So the line of credit and the MasterCard would be the two things that would count as the high interest debt components.
0: Okay, so not, not my student line of credit. Yeah,
3: so you have to pay, p- keep paying the minimums, but it's under 5%, so it doesn't have to be one of your focuses.
2: There's a bunch of different philosophies around how to tackle debt. And I'm curious, Zoe, some people say pay the smallest amount first. Um, you're clearly saying pay the high interest debt first, even if it's a, a smaller amount, a bigger amount. Like, that's, that's the way that Selena should think about this? Yeah, so the highest interest rate,
3: the 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 whichever source of debt it is with the highest interest rate is the one you want to get out of the way first when you're able to. Mm-hmm. Just mathematically, it's going to build faster. So step 1 is like an easy win, step 2 not such an easy win, step 3 another easy win.
0: Great, <laughs> right? sandwiching it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so step 4 is creating that we would Call it, we typically call it an emergency fund, but for you it might be kind of like emergency fund slash slush fund in between invoices. Yes. Right? So establishing kind of this an account for yourself so that you don't put, have to put it on a credit card that's there, you know, if your car breaks down or something bigger happens or just your cash flow is uneven because that's the reality of your business. Mm-hmm. Right? So an emergency fund would be three to six months worth of expenses. And so you're going to have the tax all sorted out. You're going to have the debt paid off. And now those anything, anything that you can goes towards building that up at least three months worth of your, your rent, your groceries, your naturopath, whatever it is.
2: <laughs> this poor naturopath. I feel like we're just absolutely I know, I know. on her. I I
0: I love her, but yes, I understand. And, and you're,
2: I, I need a referral later, but yeah, <laughs> cool. And that money, that, that stays in
3: cash? Exactly, that's cash. So it's not the kind of, the RSP is more exciting because it's actually invested, it's building, it's compounding. This I'm suggesting we keep it in cash. And there's an important reason for that because you want it to be available at any point in time for you.
0: Mm-hmm. So meaning it's just in a high interest savings account. You got it this stuff isn't easy.
2: Zoe knows that. Selena knows that. But there is something great at the end of this period of bell tightening. The future. So I've been thinking about something that actually struck me back when we first talked, Selena, when you were describing yourself as this teenager who found different worlds on the internet and, and ways you could imagine yourself. And it makes me wonder if there is a place in all of this for... I don't know if it's a vision board. I don't know if it's just writing down what it might physically feel like to sit in that house in the trees. But you seem like someone who is so motivated, particularly by things that you can almost see and feel and touch. I wonder if that would keep you going.
0: Yes, you're completely correct in that I am motivated by, yeah, something like I have to be able to see it in my brain. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a thing that exists, but I have to be able to see it in my brain. Perfect. I love it. Conviction.
3: <laughs> so you'll put that in as your main goal and your time frame, and it will actually select a portfolio for you that makes sense for that goal. Right? So if you're like in <laughs> five years, I want to use this money for a down payment it's gonna suggest a balanced portfolio and do all the work for you.
2: Okay, makes sense. I'm curious about that. Yeah, for people who are listening to this, when you're thinking about kind of how to invest and, and how aggressive to be, where do you need to weigh how old you are, when you want the money and what you want it to do? Yeah,
3: so the, the really the two big factors are how much time you have until you want to spend that money. So less about your age, and actually more about the time frame. So the longer the timeframe, the more risky you can be. Um, mm-hmm. Risk drives returns. Right? So if you're willing to take on more risk, you can get a you can expect a better return. But you need time to see that out. Because when things go down, they take time to come back up. And mm-hmm. the second part about risk is knowing yourself. So there are there are people who maybe they have tons of time, but they know that seeing their money go down significantly, like 40%, you you know, would, would create a lot more stress for them than it's worth, (laughs) right? So they would rather give up some returns and have a less risky portfolio, just so they can sleep at night better, basically.
0: Yep, that makes sense. Yeah, I definitely think I could be a little bit of both in that, to your point, the short term is what I care about right now. But if it was something that was long term for me, I could definitely see myself being inclined to take a few more risks. But uh, shorter term, it definitely would keep me up at night.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And and that's that will be one of the great benefits of starting your RSP now and starting it small is just, you'll be putting only a little bit of money in, but you will see those fluctuations. And mm-hmm. over time, you'll start to understand, okay, this is normal, right? Or like what, what is normal in investing? So when you get to, after this is a nice segue into step five of the plan where you've you have your tax situation under control, debt is out of the high interest debt's out of the way, you have that emergency fund. Now all of your focus can go towards your your dreams, right? Mm-hmm. That the which are not so much dreams anymore. They're becoming a reality now. The house in <laughs> the trees and, and also retirement, all the while using the RSP to also help with your taxes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And how long do you think I'm curious if I Stayed on the track I'm on now in terms of income, uh, similar. How long do you think, knowing that you cannot predict the future?
3: <laughs> to get to this, how long would it take to get to this phase?
0: Yeah, the step five, I think you said it's phase yeah. five.
3: So it is about how quickly
0: you can go mm-hmm. through the steps.
3: But I would say, like, give yourself six months to a year for each of these phases. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Right. You know, I would say, like, think of this maybe as even a five-year plan, where at the end of the plan, you have a nest egg where you could actually make a down payment
0: Yeah.
2: on a home, right? You know, I, I am listening to all of this, and I know, Selena, that you're taking it in for the first time, but I wonder, Zoe, if you could share a little bit of your experience of talking to other people about making plans like this, because... Selena is not doing this in the wilderness. There are lots and lots of people who have done this successfully.
3: Totally. And actually, every single one of these steps I learned by helping other people go through their their financial paths, right? Mm -hmm. So that step of the RSP actually came from working with my sister and getting her just every paycheck. So biweekly, she'd put $5 into an account. And now she does much more than that because she upped it along the way
2: so if you get off this call and and sit there for you know a few minutes on the couch like do you think you can go forward and do this
0: yeah i definitely do i definitely nothing feels uh, insurmountable or something that i can't comprehend the benefit to I think I've literally said out loud to a friend, there's gotta be a better way, because I can't, I can't continue this way. But I think the, the hardest
3: part is gonna be making sure that you know that this is just a phase, right? It's just yes. part of a way bigger, more exciting process, but we're human and we tend to focus on the part that's the hardest, <laughs> right? That's the reality. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and the truth is, I've been through much harder phases. <laughs> much, it. much harder. So,
1: <laughs> Lizzie, like, after going through all this, how do you feel? Like, do you feel like it had an effect on Selena? How do you think it went for her?
2: Well, I let all of this sink in, and then a little bit after we talked, maybe a few weeks passed, I emailed Selena to check in with her, see how she was feeling about the whole thing. And she said she had taken some of these first steps. She'd been busy with work, but she did open a separate tax account and she was in the process of doing another one for retirement. And she said she did actually feel a little sad watching the money go away. Um, That part wasn't fun, but she was proud of herself for taking the first step. And then the thing she wrote at the end of the email um, was I think the most interesting to me she said that she felt empowered that you know she could do a tight year knowing that she had a purpose for saving, and that that doing all of this actually gave her a sense of triumph
1: The triumph of the waterfall
2: <laughs> the triumph of the waterfall yeah
1: that 's it for today 's show uh, maybe we 'll check back with selena soon and see how she's doing on her on her waterfall Um, and in the meantime if you liked what you heard we would love it if you would subscribe to our podcast you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts thanks This podcast is produced by Well Simple Technologies Incorporated. It's for informational purposes only. It's not intended to be investment advice or any other kind of professional advice. When you invest, your money's at risk, and it's possible you may lose some or all of your investment.